Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is the song you play on a jukebox when you're getting hyped for some serial killing, Mars! (laughs) Hello! (laughs) Hey, Mars! (laughs) So what is your serial killer song? Like, if you were going to be a serial killer and you needed a hype song, what would it be? Oh... I don't. Okay. Oh my god! The only things I'm thinking of are the really bad '80s yeah. songs that people. Yeah. Because I'm like, what song do I? What song comes on in my car that I'm just like, fuck yeah, and just belting yeah. out along? But they're all lame. Yes, yes, they're yes. all lame, and I, I don't know why, but I fucking love we built this city. Oh my! And so you the have a little bit of an American Psycho vibe to your version of the serial right? killer. Because then I'm like, well, if it wasn't, no, don't say we built this city. So then it would be what? Don't stop believing. Don't say that either. <laughs> the journey killer. I love it. <laughs> yes. And then I was like, well, okay, wait, just any other song that you love, Africa. No, stop it. <laughs> These, yeah, I mean, I like that you're outside the box. These are not go-tos I would think of when I'm thinking serial killer. But listen, it's about a feeling. And if those are songs that give you that feeling where you have the, when you're psyched up and ready to murder, then I support you. See, I think that is the kind of serial killer I would be, is the one who is the juxtaposition of murdering to a poppy, peppy, 80s group number. Right. I feel like that's who I would be. I don't yeah. think I'd be... Creepy, stalky clown. I don't think I would be mass murdering, you know, with a machete or an axe or something. I think I would right. be the American Psycho. I would show up fully in my plastic raincoat yeah. and just be like, yeah. we built this I'm, city I, as on rock si- and roll. Like, and into murder. It. Yeah. <laughs> and a little bit of murder. <laughs> yeah, I support it. You're swaying me. I'm moving. I'm you've you've pushed pushed the needle. I'm moving your way. These are excellent. I was going more like psycho killer, so I was thinking um L seven the shit list song because that like gets you all like. Arr! But now I'm kind of like, well, then where's the joy, right? If I'm a serial killer, you gotta you gotta be in the mood to do the thing you love. Right. So maybe so maybe a little journey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, because honestly. Is there anything more joyful than a room full of drunk-ass people when the lights go down and the city comes on? Oh, my God, right? I want to be there in my city. <laughs> and especially as a Bay Area resident where Journey is from, oh, dude, you want to fucking shut down shit in the bar? Put on anything from that album. I mean, I swear, fastest way to a room of best friends. Right. <laughs> I imagine this is what it's like on the East Coast when they play like Bruce Springsteen. Right, or yeah, exactly. That's journey for us on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not sure which one is cooler <laughs> as I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. Man, journey is such a guilty pleasure. I love journey. Oh Except my for that God. I don't feel guilty about it. Right? No, this is what I'm saying. The it's day I realized. Good, dude. It goes same thing for me about Yacht Rock. The day I realized that I unironically love Yacht Rock, uh-huh. it was like, I should be ashamed of this. And yet, I am not. But here I, I am, just... captain into kneeling the fuck out of this day. <laughs> I'm here for this. 
<laughs> Every time I get into Matilda's car, she's like bumping Yacht Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I had to introduce my office because they'd never even heard that term before. Oh, really? And it was some day, it was like a Friday, and sometimes we'll play music. If it's an easier day, if it's slower, we'll play music, you know, just because it's a Friday. You know, it's a fun Friday thing. We haven't done it in a very long time because everybody's incredibly stressed out. But, you know. There, there used to be days in the. There used to be fun Fridays in the distant. Now it's just past. fuck you Fridays. Now it's just fucking. Thank God it's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a day where you know it, someone will just put it on a Spotify channel or something, and they were like, "Oh, Aaron, you should pick today." And I was like, "Yacht Rock," and they were like, "What's Yacht Rock?" And he's like, "Just put it on. You'll learn." And it starts playing, and everybody thought it was one of those ironic. Oh, haha! It's so cheesy. And I was like, I unironically love Yacht Rock. I'm just so serious because I'm like I, there's no joke here. I just You're love, like I don't get it. What's the joke? I just I just love this. It, <laughs> I, I just love it. And did people come around to your way of thinking? I think everybody else. I mean, nobody hates it, but I think they just ironically love it. Where they're like, oh ha, ha like remember this cheesy music when this was popular, blah blah blah. And I'm like, this is this is what my happiest dreams. And I'm like, this is the soundtrack to my dreams. <laughs> You know, in the past, I've asked you, what kind of music do you like? And you're always like, oh, I don't really like music. Now I know that you've just been secretly, the quiet voice inside you is like, just say Yacht Rock. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So today we, I mean, honestly, it's we're more on topic than it sounds like, I swear. We're going to be reviewing a movie called Vicious Fun, which is... A movie that made me kind of wish there was a self-help group for serial killers that I could ear hustle on. Because you know, there's nothing I enjoy more than a good, solid ear hustle. Mm -hmm. I love a fly-on-the-wall situation, especially if people are talking really deep personal stuff. I'm like, hello, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Ticket for one, please. Yes. So how have you been? What have you been up to? What's on your mind? Uh, I've been... Work's been really stressful. That's been bad. But, you know, shiny bright future. It looks like it's going to be okay. It looks like it's going to be okay. It's got to fucking. It is. Got to survive. Just white knuckle it a little bit longer. Yep. But, you know, I'm getting to take a really good vacation this weekend. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be so good. Even if it's uneventful, just the fact that I get to get away and actually remove myself. Change of scenery. There's a reason there is a phrase for change in scenery. Because it is a real ass thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. We've been planning this for seven weeks. Oh my god. Yeah. So, and it's finally here. I'm finally going to get to, I think, actually recharge. You and yep. I have talked. Both of us have yep. been in the same cycle where technically we're getting weekends, but we're not yeah. recharging full battery. So we no. start every week with less and less. It's weird how tank. your body wants more than four hours of sleep every but Weird. <laughs> oh yeah i will uh, yeah you need that downtime you need it you need it for mental health physical health all that stuff plus it's something fun yeah which is the other thing you really need actual fun because i'm at the point where my brain has decided that anything that's not work is fun but that's not true that's not actually true. being at home and being like well i guess i'll 
unclog the shower drain because I haven't gotten to that for weeks and do some laundry. <laughs> that's not fun. It's but my not brain... fun. I mean, comparatively to work, it's fun, but yeah. that is not, there's more to that spectrum. There's a whole other side to that right, spectrum. Right, but some part of my brain, I think for survival purposes probably, yeah. was like, well, mm-hmm. if this is the closest we're going to get, then we're going to categorize this as fun. Oh, <laughs> like, oh. Marzi. <sighs> I'm so excited you're getting away and you're going to have some fun. I cannot wait to hear your adventures because I'm sure hella funny stuff is going to happen. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> everywhere you go, people are freaking weirdos and you always have a good story. I'm so. so excited. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You know, I have a million questions, but I'm going to shut up. Okay. All right. I have a warm-up question for you. All right. Okay. So part of the plot of this movie is that this guy accidentally wanders into a self-help group for serial killers. That's not a spoiler. It's the the plot. Yeah. Yeah. It's the core of the plot. So I was wondering, what is the worst self-help group circle that you could accidentally stumble into and have to, and have to blend in with? Ooh. What'd you come up with? I, uh, okay. So I don't know that it would necessarily be self-help, but I think a support group. Yeah. Support group's a better way. Yeah. I think the worst one that I could accidentally wander into and have to blend in with would be a support group for nudists. <gasps> That's my answer too. <laughs> <laughs> if you stumbled in, it's a bunch of nude people and it's like, we're naked and that's fine. You know? Yeah. I was just thinking about, you know how like if you're wearing shorts and you sit on a plastic chair and then yeah. you stand up and it's just like, yep. Only with ball sacks. Yeah. And <laughs> butt cheeks. <laughs> and butt cheeks too. Why did I go straight to ball sacks when butt cheeks were right there? See, this is why it would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And then to blend in, you would have to be nude. Oh my God. I hadn't even thought of it. Holy fuck. Oh God. Worst nightmare. Never nude. Never nude. <laughs> shutting down aneurysm imminent I okay so I don't know have I told you about when I was in Iceland and I went to the blue lagoon no so they have all these geothermal hot springs because you know lots of volcanoes and whatnot and there's one that is if you look up pictures of it it's beautiful it's the color I don't even know how to describe the color it is opaque bright light teal Ooh, I'm googling it right if now. if you put your hand under the water you can't see it but it's still this bright blue because it has this silica mud that's really good for your skin. So everybody goes. And we ended up having this really long layover in Iceland. So I was like, well, let's let's go to the Blue Lagoon. But we get there. And of course, we don't have bathing suits. So they let you rent a bathing suit. Oh, my God. Which I did. <laughs> I was not happy about it. But I rented a baby bathing suit, which immediately gave the most graphic and painful wedging of my life. But... When you, you have to go in, I didn't know this. I got my bathing suit. I start walking towards the area. And I think that this makes sense hygienically, but for a never nude, it was a true test of my endurance. They require showers before you get in. Fine. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is the shower is just a room with a bunch of nozzles. I fucking hate this. So I open the door. And when I say it was a wall of naked flesh, it was a wall of stranger naked flesh. And I had a panic attack because I realized I also had to be part of the wall of naked flesh. Oh, my God. So I have lived this nightmare to some degree. 
Fortunately, at the last minute, we found that there was a disabled stall. And I'm not someone who parks in a disabled spot. I, I don't use the disabled. Well, I do use the disabled. So who needs the stall? But the point was, normally I would not take the disabled spot because someone disabled might need it. But in this case, I felt like psychologically I was disabled. <laughs> and so therefore, yeah. I I was allowed to use that. So I got in, cried while I showered. Oh, no. <laughs> hyperventilating, crying. This is when I knew I was a never dude. And then made my, my sister was trying to like, deep breaths, it's going to be okay. No one's going to make you take off your bathing suit in front of everyone. It's going to be fine. And took me to the Blue Lagoon where I was then caught up in the beauty of the place and got into the warm, naturally warm water. And those fears melted away until I got back out and I had to do it all over again. <laughs> And returned my rented bathing suit that had lodged itself into my colon. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, long story, very long story short, your answer is correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's going to keep me up at night. Yeah. All right. On that note, let's take a quick break. Let's do this ad for our buddies over here. It's Johnny. You're welcome, fellas. <laughs> tales of giant monsters are as old as tales themselves. What makes those stories fit into the kaiju genre and just how scary can they be? Larry and Justin are pursuing this very knowledge on the Here's Johnny podcast, a horror show that arrives every week, just like your favorite radio drama, but instantly through forbidden sciences known as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. There are a ton of kaiju out there to learn about. Just listen to your local emergency officials and stay out of their path. Wait, say that again? Uh, sorry, folks, I'm getting a message from our staff. Uh, folks, we're getting reports that a massive creature has just risen off the coast of this station and is heading this way. Please follow evacuation protocol and... Listen to the Here's Johnny podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. All right, let's get into this episode. Now, before we go any further, though, Marzi, if someone has stumbled on here and made for the first time and made it through the colon conversation, what should they expect in terms of spoilers? More colons. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> if you are new to this show... We are going to spoil the entire movie. So, if you don't want to be spoiled, if you don't like spoilers, and or if, you know, I mean, I don't know that there, there's not exactly a twist in this one that would be spoiled, but I think it's fun, and I think it would be more fun to go into it unspoiled. So, I agree. If you, have not, if you have not seen the movie, and you would like to, I would go back now and go watch it on Shudder, and then come back and listen to us talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think this is actually not a super straightforward movie. There is the first act, which you're kind of expecting happens how it happens. But then I, it, it takes some turns, I think. Some turns. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not, I mean, there's no super huge twist, I don't think, that's unexpected. Yeah. But, but it doesn't go exactly like you think it would. and It doesn't end mm -hmm. exactly where you'd think it was going to end. And no, 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 no. <laughs> it's fun. I yeah. think it's super fun. So Yeah. And I think it would be better unspoiled personally. But if you're a risk taker, yeah. Yes, hang on. <laughs> there are some weirdos that love spoilers and think it it enhances the movie. And if that's your zhuzh, then you know, do you boo. I but you know, I 
I can't say I've met many of them, but I have met people who prefer to read whole synopses of movies before they watch them. Yeah. I mean, to each their own. I prefer not to, but that's just my own taste, but I don't know. Yeah, Matilda's always asking me to, to spoil things for her. Really? Yes, all the time. She's like, I haven't seen it. Tell me what happens. I'm like, Are you, but you're going to watch it. Yeah, I know, but tell me what happens. I'm like, uh, all right. Man, we got to get Matilda and my mom in some really? sort of group chat. <laughs> my mom... <laughs> A hundred percent. It's not that she wants to spoil things, but she lacks. I think she just gets so excited about stuff. And then when uh-huh. you're like, oh, no spoilers, no spoilers. And I think it just really kills her because she's like, but all I want to do is talk about it, you know? Oh, and so, your mom needs a podcast. Yeah, she, she needs what she needs is the other half of that conversation. Is someone yes. who's like, yes, spoil it. One year for her birthday, she wanted to go to Mendocino uh-huh. and to that sea glass beach thing oh yeah 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. so she drove down and i was living in east bay at the time and so i drove out to mendocino to meet her we're just kind of hanging out on the beach we just you know kind of spent the weekend together it was super fun and that beach is gorgeous but we're just talking and i had been i you had turned me on to audiobooks for the brief moment that i was into audiobooks and Uh and so i had listened to the few that you had recommended to me and then i was listening to woman on the train girl oh yeah yeah yeah. girl on the train whenever that was you know the big trending Mm -hmm. book slash movie i also listened to that audiobook (laughs) yeah and i wanted to listen to the audiobook before i saw the movie because i you know again i don't like spoilers and i prefer to read the book before i see a movie if there's a movie version of whatever book and so the movie had just come out, so I was listening to the book, and I was talking to my mom about it, and I was like, yeah, you know, and I've actually never seen Gone Girl either, but I hear there's oh, some no. sort of huge twist, and I, so I haven't, and I was like, I've worked really hard to not figure out what it is, because I want to read that next, and then watch that movie. And she was like, oh, so you've never read it or seen the movie? And I was like, nope, that's next on my list, actually, so I'm going to do that next. And so we're just walking, it was 40 seconds of silence, and she was like, and then she just says the twist, and like, I'm not trying to be someone no! to spoil it. For anybody who, if there's no. anybody out there who hasn't read this book or seen this movie, I don't want to. That's and the that hard one part. Has such a good twist. And that's the hard part is I can't even tell this story without also doing what what has happened to me by spoiling it, right? So I yes, and I could tell the silence was so tense. I could tell it's like, oh my You're gosh, like, it's she's coming, say it. it's coming. She's gonna say it. She's gonna say it. And I even had just a moment ago been like, I really don't want it spoiled. So I've been working really. I try so hard to avoid anything. You know, because I don't want to, and it, the movie had been out for years at this point, so it's not like mm-hmm. a lot of people were talking about it, but still, it meant that I could accidentally come across. It worked its know. way into the zeitgeist in a way that it's yeah. kind of a miracle that you didn't have it. Well, you did it. I'm getting it spoiled. Yeah. But until that point. Yeah, right? And so I was like, yeah, it's next time, you know, whatever. And I could see it in her eyes. So we're just walking along this beach, and I'm kind of like watching her out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, ah, crap. And then she goes, so, and then just says the thing, and I was like, okay. Well. She cannot help her. See, your mother is like an angel in every other way, but we have found her naughty side, her bad <laughs> side, where she's just like, I cannot resist. And that's the thing, is that she's not trying to spoil to be malicious, it's just she wants so badly, because she has the information, and she wants to share, you know? God damn it, she even makes spoilers adorable. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, that's such a good one too. I'm so sorry that got spoiled for you. I went into that thing super cold, had no idea what it was about, and I was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? But we will yeah. not spoil it, although we will spoil this movie, so you have been warned, and we have given you ample time to flee the scene. Yes. So 
You can't be mad. All right, let me tell you a little bit about the background of this here movie film. It is from 2021, and it is directed by Cody Callahan. And Cody Callahan is a director from Canada. He's actually a pretty prolific indie horror director. His first film, Antisocial, came out in 2013, which I saw and didn't love, but thought he had some potential. And I think definitely I could see a little bit of the DNA of that in this. He followed this with a sequel in 2015 and then Let Her Out in 2016, which I have not seen. And The Oak Room, which was a very quiet two-hander that was based on a play. Okay. About a, a man who walks into a bar and is like, I have a story to tell you. Which is interesting, especially considering the tone of this movie is so very different. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a theme for his movies, that they all really run the gamut in terms of their style and tone. And as a result, he's kind of developed a reputation for being a bit of a chameleon as a director. Okay, that's kind of interesting, though. Right? And yeah. I need to I need to watch The Oak Room. I've heard really good things about it. But for this one, he went back to an 80s retro vibe. And in an interview with Buzz, he said that he avoided a lot of the cliches that happened with the 80s throwback films. And he did that by making it more of a love letter to the 80s, but with a bit of a modern sensibility instead of going the full Stranger Things route, which no no shade of Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things. Yeah. So the idea for this actually started with the movie title. So he wrote Vicious Fun down in a notebook. And he was like, I'm going to make a movie called Vicious Fun. I like this title. And from there, he knew he wanted to do something with lots of killers that homage the 80s movie. So he came up with the self-help group idea. and Or I guess it's more of a support group, like you said. Then the whole horror writer concept came about just because he thought it would be funny. And it would offer a lot of opportunity for him to write some humor into it because he wanted to make sure this was really funny. But interestingly, it wasn't originally set in the 80s. Oh, he had a smartphone, like it was modern day, but as they were writing it, they realized they were homaging the 80s so much in it that it was weird that it was set in modern time. So they just decided to move it to the 80s. And as for plans for the future, Callahan said he is open to making a sequel to this movie, depending on how well it does on Shudder, which is interesting because after he did Antisocial and he did the sequel, he said he would never do another sequel, but he really loves these characters so much that he is willing to reconsider. I mean, I don't know that I would be too ma- I wouldn't be mad at a sequel to this. Yeah, I think right? It's really interesting. Like I said, he's there's some talk about it, but, and if he does it, it will likely take place in the 90s and homage that era. Ooh. And I I'll just say in general, I'm all about the new 90s throwback trend that we're getting. I'm enjoying very much. Yeah, same. And I know that's cuz I'm a 90s kid and so the 80s stuff was more like my older siblings. But I mean, I, I saw some of it, their music and their movies and stuff were in the house, but it was not my, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Whereas the nineties. Oh yeah. That's the sweet spot. Uh, I don't know if you watched the first fear street, but that one takes place in the nineties and it's every song I loved in high school. Is in I haven't thing. seen it. Oh, it's really good. Marzi. Oh, okay. I, I've only seen the first two of three cause they're all connected. But the first two were really good. So the first one's in 1993. The second one's in 1978. And then the four, third one is in 1666. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. It's really good. You'll like it. It's very fun. Yeah, so that's what I got for this movie. Let's get into the review, I guess. All right. <laughs> I've only done this 75 times. I don't know why I'm having a hard time. <laughs> Jesus, Rachel, get your shit together. Tell me about Vicious Fun. So our movie opens with 
a guy who's clearly a murderer. We already know that you know that this is about a, mur- a serial killer support group. So we start with a serial killer who's in his dark hotel room sharpening knives, and basically he sees a, a girl alone in a phone booth and offers her a ride, which she uh, accepts. Mm-hmm. And in uh, not the way you'd think. I mean, the only reason why I knew it wasn't going to end with this girl getting murdered is because she's in the cover art on Shutter. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I guess that guy wasn't. Although I, re- I don't know if you recognized him, but he's the creepy pharmacist from It. Oh, Beverly gets to give them something, and he's just like, Ugh. he's he's really cornered the market on creepy leering dude. Yeah, I guess if you get typecast by that enough, you should just lean into it and accept it instead of because I mean I feel like <laughs> that's there's a some rough psycholo- road, man. Yeah, that's tough when you're like, I just look creepy. Oh. Right. Anytime there's casting for a creep, your agent's like ringy dingy. Right. <laughs> we got something for you, buddy. Oh. We need to come leer. <laughs> but anyway, so this girl gets into his car and he locks the doors and she kind of play acts a little. Oh no! Before stabbing him in the throat with the switchblade or a butterfly knife. It's a butterfly knife. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cut to uh, we meet one of our other main characters, Joel, who he. He's a writer for a horror magazine. Yes. And he's interviewing a director, a horror movie director, who's just sort of bored and half involved in this interview. Mm-hmm. And Joel just starts sort of grilling him on why it is that he always uses the same kind of killer and why he overuses all these horror movie tropes. And wouldn't it be better if you did something unique? And the guy's just getting super irritated. And he's like, look, man, <laughs> they're fun. They're fun movies. People like them. That's why I do it or whatever. And Joel kind of gives his pitches his own idea that he's had that clearly you know i think he's yes. trying to act a little bit like oh this just occurred to me but clearly he's been thinking about this and oh thinks yeah it's such a good idea about this yeah. taxi cab killer you know and he goes into his whole spiel about yeah because the taxi cab killer would have no connection to their victim and like whoever remembers what their taxi driver looks like and they know uh-huh. where you live but they're not conne- you know whatever and the horror director is just irritated and not impressed it ends the interview and just can't get Joel's name right. But it's also funny because the magazine that he writes for is called Vicious Fanatic. Mm-hmm. And the director is like, Vicious Fun. He's like, no, Vicious Fanatic. And he's like, yeah, Vicious Fun sounds better. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. We're like, okay, director, we got it. We got it. We see you. We see what you're doing here. Okay, so... Joel goes home where he listens to a voicemail message from his roommate who's telling him that she just met a guy and they're going to go out on a date, so don't expect her home. And Joel is in love with his roommate, and so this is very upsetting for him. Mm-hmm. So he passes the hours dictating into a little audio recorder. I don't know if he's trying to write a movie script or a book or something, but he's being very, very, very descriptive of a very horror movie. Very dark and oh, stormy. Yeah. <laughs> The rain falls like drops of poison. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of love it, but it's the worst. (laughs) It's so cheesy, but he's so into it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, right? I love that when he makes he says something and then he's like, ooh, that's good. (laughs) When he hears a car outside, looks out the window, and it's Sarah, his roommate, and the guy that she went on a date with pulling up in front of the house. So he rushes so that he can be... He's waiting for her to come into the house, but he's trying to look like casually. He's just hanging out in the kitchen, but she doesn't come into the house. So he goes back to the window and she's making out with the dude in his car. 
And so he's, and this was also funny, where he's trying to be like, oh, no, I'm just casually reading a magazine at the table. But then he comes across a headline that's like, how to look better in two weeks or something. And he rips out the page like, oh, I'll read this later. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah finally comes inside and she asks him if she can have the TV for the night because her friend is coming over and they're going to watch Falcon Crest. Oh, my God. So Joel starts trying to do that like, oh, yeah, no, I I totally also have friends, lady friends, friends. Carl. Carl, uh. <laughs> you don't know him. But Sarah, his roommate, is like, well, you know, she wanted a, a girl's night. So Joel decides to leave, you know, to be elsewhere so she can have her girl's night. And when he steps outside, he realizes that guy's car is still there and it's running. And the dude is in the phone booth. So he, Eesh. Joel kind of lingers at Sarah's car so that he, but he's trying not to be noticed or whatever. And this guy gets into his car and he's so cool that he wears his sunglasses at night, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like every villain douchebag from the 80s. Picture that. It's him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so he pulls away, but just as he pulls away, the taxi with Sarah's friend in it pulls up. So Joel snags the taxi and follows the guy because he wants to find out if she talked about him or if what they did or you know whatever he's just he's a little he's a little bit jealous well, i think he sees her he sees him putting on a, a wedding ring oh that's right and yeah. so he wants to bust him he wants to record him talking about his wife so he can tell sarah that's right yeah so joel follows this guy to what turns out to be a chinese restaurant bar kind of thing and and i just it was so funny when he walks in and he's talking to his audio recording he's like operation phoenix in the nest and i uh, working title but he his whole plan is to have his audio recorder running and get this guy to talk about his wife or just state you know admit that he's married or something so that he can play it for sarah and then you know hopefully she won't go out with him again what ends up happening is the guy who introduces himself as bob says that he only wears a wedding ring because he's a real estate agent and it helps him sell houses to look like a stable married man so joel realizing he's not going to get this confession instead thinks he you know he's gonna get some information out of the guy so he's trying to be super cool bros bro like oh yeah the ladies am i right like <laughs> so much trouble as he's sitting there the... dressed like marty fucking McFly. i know <laughs> <laughs> with all the talking he's choking down this martini that the that bob has bought him and bob goes on to he talks about how he just went out with this girl and you know and he's like yeah she was a talker and he starts talking about how this girl's roommate is such a loser and all this and poor joel is just like well do you think maybe she brought him up because she likes him or and he's like no way no no you know <laughs> and eventually bob ditches him for a woman and leaves him with the tab so joel just gets drunk alone at this bar <laughs> and then tries to call sarah yeah he and it's not lava Hot yeah. lava. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a great conversation, but, you know, it ends quickly because then he pukes into the phone and it shorts out. Oh and that's the end of that. <laughs> I just felt so bad for the person you see cleaning it later. Oh, my God. It's like, that is the worst fucking job, dude. Working at a bar must be the worst job. <sighs> right. I remember there was a time. You know, when I was probably, like, early 20s where I wanted to work in a bar because it seemed so cool, you know? Yeah. Cool. You got to be a cool bartender. And then after a while, I was really thinking about it and, like, oh, no, that would like, be a giant headache. That right. would just be a terrible time the whole time. Every guy, every the worst guy in the bar that you you would have to talk to. 
Yeah. The ones that you would could avoid as a patron, you would have to speak to as the bartender. That, and if you think about when people get too drunk and then it's your job to control the situation, but it's drunk Ooh. people. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you know what drunk people love when other people tell the, walk over and tell them what to do? Oh, love it. Reacts so positively all the time to things like that. Yeah. Great. The, the hardest of passes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just be the problem, not the solution in a bar. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But on the, his way to the phone, he runs into the girl from the beginning who drinks his drink because he tries to hit on her in such a sloppy, uncomfortable <laughs> way. Yes. But she drinks his drink and takes off. Then he calls Sarah, shorts out the phone with his own vomit, and then decides to just take a, a, a quick snooze in, in, a, in a supply closet. Just, just for a minute, he says, until the room stops spinning. But while he's passed out, the restaurant closes from its standard patrons and becomes something else. So when Joel wakes up and stumbles out of this closet, he stumbles his way into a support group of sorts. And <laughs> they were apparently waiting for a new guy that nobody's met named Phil. And so because Joel shows up, they assume he's Phil. And he just says yes and sits down and is like, yeah, I'm also here for the same reasons as all of you are here. Yeah. But unfortunately for him, they had been doing the thing where they went around the circle and kind of told their own stories, and it, everybody else had finished, so now it's Joel's turn. Yeah. So he does the thing where he tries, he stumbles his way through, just trying to say the vaguest things that will apply to so many situations, because he has no idea what kind of a room he's just stopped into. Right, right. He's like, uh, my addiction? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it's hit rock bottom lately in a solo so solo i do love how each of their stories you start to realize that they're falling into very specific kind of archetypical killers you have your machete wielding campground killer you've got your american horror well he's not there yet but you're uh what is it american psycho psycho think i was like not a horror story then there's the creepy clown the i'm sorry we haven't gotten to it yet but the clown clown reveal i fucking died I know. and the only kind of outlier is the girl right right so this he meets everybody in the room and it's led by a name a guy named zachary who i mean eventually we find out they're all serial killers but zachary's whole thing is that he breaks men for the u.s government basically he trains special ops killers is sort yeah. of what it's alluded yeah, i mean to. he he basically has like a death squad yeah yeah and, you know, his whole thing where he's like, would have been promoted, but I just, you know, they said I got a little bit too messy. And I like messy, you know. His whole, like, if I had a couple of you in the field. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Because the sick thing is, is, I'm just like, God, this person exists, right? Yeah. This person is running some mercenary black ops thing right now. Yeah. The things we don't hear about. Yeah. We also meet Hideo, who is part-time chef, part-time, well, full-time cannibal. <laughs> right. I don't feel like you ever clock out as a cannibal. You're either no, I think... a, a cannibal or you're not. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Part-time chef, full-time cannibal. Mike, who is, your, like you were saying, the campground murderer who likes to prey on college girls. We have Fritz, who is this quiet little man. 
but he talks about how he has his what is it like 72 point process and for yes. hiding bodies for and, body disposal yes yeah and oh. how he resuscitates his victims so he can kill them four or five times in order to extend the benefits of one single victim and all this yes but he is revealed later to be a clown killer who oh, it's so much it's so funny because he's so quiet and he's so you know very creepy but then when it turns you're out you're just like this is btk oh no no it's john wingacy yeah <laughs> but i i love this actor it's julian richings who is someone who is a character actor that shows up in a lot of specifically canadian things like he was just in anything for jackson which was so good and he plays a very different character and he was in supernatural as as i think pestilence oh yeah he's an actor i always really like there's a few people here that i recognize and he obviously david keckner plays zachary mm-hmm. and he was on the office and the All ron those, burgundy like, movie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also i recognized the the big guy mike is robert i think malay is how you say his name he was in becky did you ever see becky about the neo-nazis that show up and face off with a very no. angry teenage girl no Okay, he's really great in that, too. So I was just like, oh, this is fun. Oh, uh, they're all mostly character I mean, they're all character actors, but they were. it was just fun to see them popping up in this. Yeah, that's cool. So now that Joel has realized where he is, he, in order to blend in, starts describing himself as the taxicab killer that he was so psyched about earlier when talking to the director, and he gets really into it about his whole, like, I'm like a steel crocodile and the pavement is my river or whatever, you know, and he's getting really into it. And everybody's pretty impressed with it. And that's when they decide to take a break, except for Hideo, who he's very concerned about the fact that they're missing someone. And so, okay. I didn't catch this until the second time that I watched this movie, but it was this part where, I don't know if I just wasn't looking, I don't know. Anyway where they're talking about it's another Utah and Zachary's like you don't say that we don't know that it's not happening you know yep. freaking out over the it's another Utah and they're like no 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 it never ha- it would never happen anyway they take this break and Joel is trying to sneak out but just as he gets to the door there's a knock and Zachary's like oh open it see who's see who's trying to come in so Joel opens the door and it's Bob who is late to the support meeting because Bob is also a serial killer are we shocked no we are not <laughs> no we are not i mean i mean he gave if not a serial killer he gave major date rape vibes yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and so bob immediately recognizes joel though joel had given him a different name at the bar and joel tries to play it off as like no i just you know i was i was undercover i was hi- hiding in plain sight i just you know i didn't know you so i gave you a false name well Bob comes in and he's like, oh, well, I get to meet you twice then. They start talking about how Joel is is a taxi cab murderer. But then Bob immediately starts punching holes in Joel's story of like, well, but aren't you calling them into dispatch? So don't they know who you're going to get when they show up dead or missing? You know, and Joel's stumbling again where he's trying to come up with fixes for all these things. But people are starting to turn on him a little bit. They're like, yeah, wait, that doesn't make sense. And then. And I love Zachary, like, why? Because he starts, Joel starts saying, like, well, I do it off off duty. And they're like, so they just let you drive a taxi off duty? And then Zachary's like, and why are you calling into dispatch if you're off duty? And eventually, they realize that he is the interloper 
So he tries to run away, but they kind of corner him and start arguing over who gets to murder him. And they're all pretty mad at Zachary because Zachary's leading this group, right? He's hosting this support group and somehow he let someone in that wasn't supposed to be there. And so they're all very upset and they murder him instead. And we get the scene where there, it's a it's a murder where each person kind of murders in his own way. They all murder him together, but each gets their moment to do it in their own specific uh-huh. way, you know? Yes. So they murder Zachary and... That's when they realize that Joel has started crawling away, but he is headed off by Carrie, the girl from the phone and the phone booth in the beginning, who kicks him into the kitchen, follows him in, and then locks everybody else out. Yes. And so now Joel is thinking he's going to get murdered, right? And that's when Carrie reveals that she's actually there to murder everybody else. Yeah, she's a serial killer hunter. (laughs) So... Carrie and Joel are locked in this kitchen. Joel is realizing Carrie's not going to murder him, but he also doesn't really know what the fuck's going on. Bob's on the other side of the door trying to talk Carrie into letting them in to murder Joel. And she, you know, initially starts with the like, oh, he's dead already, and Bob doesn't buy it. So Bob puts a music, puts, puts a music, puts a music <laughs> on the jukebox. Uh, this is, I mean, I was already into the movie, but when this happened, I was like, oh, I'm in. I know. <laughs> I am, his dance, I was dying. I oh my god yes he so he puts on music on the jukebox in order to be able to communicate a plan with the other killers without Carrie and Joel being able to hear him but he also takes the opportunity to get down a little and he's just dancing (laughs) and it's beautiful I love it (laughs) I know when I watched it the second time I was just like god damn it this fucking dance number is hilarious <laughs> I love it because you know he's dancing for himself. He's not there to impress anybody. He's just dancing. He, he is loves to dance. And he it. loves to murder. Yes. So I think he and the director are childhood friends. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he's also in the Oak Room as well. Oh. He's really great in this. Oh my god! And oh, there was some scene. Oh, it's when Carrie's listing out all the all the people in the support group and their specific preferences when it comes to murder and he just does that eyes locked on the camera slow-mo walk across the room just totally peacocking so <laughs> yes. fucking funny so good i do love this sort of rundown of who everybody is and that's when we get the clown reveal as well and where he like pulls out the grease paint and wipes it on his face and she's just like i don't know he just likes it i don't know yeah <laughs> I knew so, that was a twist I did not see coming. I, neither did I. I thought it was going to be like Doctor or something because right? we already saw him murder someone with a syringe and he already talks about, oh, he resuscitates them and kills them again and then, you know, and all this. But uh, Carrie and Joel are, are locked in the in the kitchen and Carrie reveals this notebook that has a list of everybody who's in the support group on it. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, when we get this rundown of, well, Mike likes to murder college girls and uses a machete and he wears his mask you know whatever so and we get a he's sloppy so one always gets away yeah it's so I great. love that detail it's so good it's just a great little funny detail oh my god i love that so much so she goes through everybody and so yeah you're like you're saying we get basically an 80s murderer from every different kind of movie because we have yes. camp killer we have you know american psycho we have creepy clown dude we have full-time cannibal <laughs> Is that like a really great band name? Full time cannibal. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that is good. Like, I mean, I if it's know. not the band name, it's our record label. Oh yeah, full time mm-hmm. cannibal. Yeah, Anakin Pubic Hair's debut album comes out on full time cannibal. Yes, 
Yeah. Yes. Yep. Done. <laughs> TM. TM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a hot, hot topic right there. People are going to want that. So we got to TM it immediately. Okay. So while they're trying to come up with a plan on how to get Carrie and Joel, they also are trying to dispose of Zachary's body by cutting it up into pieces and dissolving it. But the plan that they decide to have is that Hideo is going to do what Hideo does best and break in through the ceiling vent while Fritz, the clown guy, is clown sneaking into through the oh back door. God. What he does what he just freezes in his clown sneaking pose and <laughs> caught when the car drives by. Oh I I I love this I mean that's what I'm saying. I love the his range as a character actor. Right. Very buttoned down and then goes full clown. It's so great. Oh my god, it's so funny. Which by the way, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. We have clown mail. Oh my say, god. We have clown mail. Clown mail. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. That's exciting. Yep. That's super exciting. It is very exciting. We have two pieces of clown mail. I think I just really love the words clown mail. I, know. I don't know why. It's like boat math. Right? <laughs> clown mail. Oh my god, I somehow forgot about boat math. <laughs> We had a, a, this guy, Mike, one of our listeners, commented. He was like, ha, 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 boat math. Boat <laughs> so math. fresh in my mind. <laughs> boat math is important. It is important. That's what they it's should be teaching important. in school. Fuck this calculus bullshit. You need to know if there are two of you on only one boat and the other person takes the boat, you got zero boat. That's boat math. That's boat math, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, we got clown mail. We're going to find out what the what that's about in a little bit. Oh, that's so exciting. Yes. So Carrie and Joel are trying to come up with a plan because they know that everybody's trying to get into this kitchen. And Carrie says the plan is to kill Joel. And what they do is it, she's been hiding Phil's body, the real Phil, the guy from the opening scene who tried to murder her first, but she outmurdered him. She's mm-hmm. been hiding his body in one of those big freezers. Yes. And so they uncover Phil, but they use his intestines and his blood to make it look Ugh. like Joel has been murdered. Something very upsetting is coming. When he licks the intestine. <laughs> when he licks the oh! intestine. <laughs> no. I know I started this show talking about colons, but still, this is too far for me. So Hideo makes it into the kitchen and, you know, like I said, it discovers what presumably is Joel's corpse licks the intestine and then he makes that face and all i could think was well hideo's also a chef so he's probably one of those people who's like oh oh no fresh never frozen this has been frozen for sure you know intestines but that phase was just like oh but i mean he's got standards i mean yes i i do feel like uh, weirdly conversely cannibals probably have a very discerning palate oh yeah they're probably really picky and really into quality right you know you don't go into cannibalism and not have strong opinions about right meat (laughs) right right yeah yeah yeah, I feel like a lot of cannibals are probably like, it's farm to table or it's nothing. Right? I mean, they're just like, Kobe human or get the fuck out. 
So Fritz tries to come in through the oh. You know when you start to say a sentence and then you're like, there's another meaning here. Oh no. I was gonna say Fritz tries to come in through the back door. Oh no. <laughs> I mean it is both accurate and upsetting. True. Alright, I'm sticking with it then. Fritz tries <laughs> to come the in course. through the backyard <laughs> or the back door. And as he's reaching through, he gets his fingers cut off. And somehow it's just kind of okay with that for the rest of the movie. I don't know, but more power to him, I suppose. Meanwhile, Hideo discovers that Joel is not, in fact, dead, and Carrie kills him with intestines. Yeah. I mean, at least he died doing the thing he loves, right? He did die covered in the thing he loves. (laughs) That is true. Gross. There are a lot of things that I love about the guy who plays Joel, his performance mm-hmm. in this movie, because mm-hmm. he does, it's so sticky, you yeah. know, but it, it somehow is funny. Yes. Normally that kind of overacting or that kind of, the little thing, the little way he delivered lines or acted things out would normally just be like, oh, yeah. come on. You think you're so funny and you're just, you know, but somehow 100%. it was funny when he did it. I don't know I, I, why. I went on the same journey. The first couple beats of the movie, I was like, mm. But then I found myself being charmed by him and kind of yeah. figure I, I realized what he was doing. And I was like, this is working for me all of a sudden. Yeah. But this is not a character that normally I would respond positively towards. Exactly. Exactly. And for some reason, I thought it was really funny throughout yeah. this movie and it never got to be too much. Right. There was never a point in the movie where he was still acting like that. I'm like, okay, I get it. I wonder if some of that has to do with having Carrie as a foil. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But the way that even though they lean into all of these tropes of the 80s, the way that they upend one in particular, to me, saves – it really enhances the movie, and I think it saves the Joel character a bit. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I just – and I only bring it up because there is a moment in – there's a part in this scene where Hideo throws a knife and it lodges itself in the wall next to Joel's face. (laughs) And he screams, oh, my fucking tits and balls. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's what it instinctually came out of you in the moment? I was, oh, my fucking tits and balls. on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> that is, if that is not cover text, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> with my life. It was so good, though. And I don't know why. It just, it was not, I don't know. I was not expecting that to be the panic response to right. that, but sure. right. So with Fritz, fingerless, and old fingerless Fritz, old fingerless Fingerless Fritz Fritz the clown. Oh God, that is horrifying. (laughs) Well, fingerless Fritz the clown has assumed his final form, which is fingerless. And with Hideo dead, Bob is talking to Carrie and Joel through the door, and he has Joel's license. So he reads out the address and he threatens Sarah. And Joel is freaking out because he's like, oh, my God, he knows where I live. He's going to go get Sarah. And in a panic, he pulls the fire alarm, which he later admits was not a good idea. He pulls (laughs) the fire. He's so smart in that moment. I know. He's so proud of himself. And then everyone's just like, what the fuck are you doing? You call the cops? Right. That's what we need here, the cops. (laughs) Poor Carrie. Because Carrie had it under control. She's just like, oh, God, damn it. Right. And this is her job. Right. You know? Which I did, I forgot to mention it, but earlier when she's showing him the list in her notebook, she kind of vaguely mentions that she works for an organization, but that's it. That's all she'll tell him. Yes. And so he's like, oh, it's the government is whatever. And she's just like, no, you know, she's, she's had enough of him already. <laughs> so 
Fritz, Mike, and Bob all leave the restaurant. Bob places a 911 call where he's freaking out and being like, oh my god, she's murdering everyone. There's blood everywhere. I think she has a weapon, you know, and I just, I pulled the fire alarm and then I just ran. Blood! (laughs) He's also very funny in this, I think. He's hilarious, yes. Yeah. And so Mike and Fritz are kind of like, well, what's the plan? And he's like, well, let them deal with the cops. And they're kind of like, there's other bodies in there. Zachary's half dissolved. And Bob's just kind of like, eh, whatever, let them deal with it. It's like, that's their so, problem. Yeah. So the police show up and they arrest Carrie and Joel while the rest of the killers sit in Bob's car and kind of watch. So Joel and Carrie end up in the police station where we meet three different police officers, none of which I have learned any names. I mean, but there's like two... mustache one, mustache two, and the guy who likes the magazine. Right. <laughs> yeah, so there's two kind of more serious cops and then there's one dopey cop. And Dopey Cop was my favorite character in this whole movie. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, he's great, but that's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, he's just, he's just, I don't know, just that innocent dopiness of, and I love when he's going off about what a horror movie is, because they're like horror movies and not like, you know, I've never heard of a horror movie, but he's like <laughs> explaining how it's a movie, but it's not, you know, and he goes and he's like, it's a movie, but it's not like a, a comedy or a romance or whatever. And then sometimes it takes you into these new adventures and you, you know, whatever, he goes into this oh whole thing. Oh my the other God. Cop is like, the other cop is like, oh, Tony, his name's Tony. He's like, Tony, I'm going to need you to get out more, do a contact sport. <laughs> right yeah tony is great r.i.p tony r.i.p yeah Yeah. so joel and carrie are in the police station and we're having our standard police station scene yes where joel is telling the whole truth and is not being believed and carrie is withholding information because she knows that this is pointless and just a waste of her time i do love though and she's asked her name and she goes jane and the guy's like single finger typing out her name (laughs) to the point he's so focused that he doesn't even realize that she just said Jane Doe and he's like Jane Doe (laughs) I mean these are the bumbling cops of an 80s movie right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 80s horror movies specifically. Yeah. Hokey Backwoods. I mean, they're Last House on the Left. They're, you know, you name a 80s slasher movie and there's some dumbass cop that these guys are very reminiscent of. Yeah, and two of the cops really think they're good at their jobs and there's, you know, whatever. But the And then the one guy who's just too naive to even really fully assess the situation, I think. Uh-huh. But Joel just really wants his one phone call. He gets his one phone call and he calls Sarah to warn her not to leave the apartment because the guy, and he, again, is fully too much, too much truth here. Because he goes fully into the, yeah, Bob's a murderer and I'm at the police station, but I'm safe, but don't leave. He knows her, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Sarah says that she's leaving and hangs up the phone. And Joel begs for a second phone call, but doesn't get it. And instead they're being led to a cell. But as he passes Carrie, she headbutts him. As a distraction, we'll later find out. But they get put into separate cells in this police station, and Carrie headbutted him as a distraction so she could steal a tie clip or something, some little metal object so she can pick the lock. So one of the things that Carrie had said about Bob was that he, you know, he's a sociopath, but he knows how to play the public. He knows how to blend in. He knows how to play people. And so he, she lists all these different professions that he pretended to have. And so we already know that. And he's got this magic bag of disguises, right? So Bob shows up at the police station as a detective. And, you know, he walks in like, oh, I'm special agent, blah, blah, blah. And he says he's there about Carrie and Joel, even though why would that make sense? Mm -hmm. Who would have already sent, you know, whatever. But the cops are very much like, 
oh yeah the super cool dudes here about this great thing that we did this is great you know whatever yeah with so, his little mustache oh my god. i know oh my god so when Bob is confronting Joel and Carrie and Joel is like said, no, he's the murderer. He's the murderer. Obviously he's not, he's not believed. And so whatever Bob, Bob does his whole Bob thing and is like, yeah, well, we'll take him in. And so he takes the two serious cops into one of the back offices and proceeds to get them drunk while Dopey cop sits at his desk, eating his noodles and <laughs> hearing noises. Did this movie make you want Chinese food, though? To be oh, honest. so bad. So oh, bad. Watching him eat those fucking noodles out of the little carton, I was like, oh, hello. Oh, my God. I want those. Well, I am so glad you felt the same way, because, yeah, it was, it, especially the second time I was watching, it really reinforced the subconscious message. I was like, yes, I must have Chinese food. <laughs> well, and even just talking about it just now, I was just remembering his noodles, and I was like, oh, they looked so oh fuck, good. that looks so good. <laughs> I know that's not the takeaway of this movie, but I'm just glad I'm not alone. <laughs> no, because I mean, like I said, even just talking about it and remembering that scene, I'm like, oh, that's right. Those noodles look so bomb. good. They look like look so good. And I really want noodles now. Yeah, I really want noodles now. Too. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I've done it to us. <laughs> hey, the world's opening back up again. We can safely get noodles. Oh, this And I want to eat them out of the carton. Right? I've never done that because I've right? only ever gotten Chinese food with other people. Right? Where you're all sharing, right? So you can't just eat straight out of the carton. But how bad do you want to just go buy a thing of, what is that, like, low men probably? And just uh-huh. eat it straight out of the carton like they do in all the movies and yes. all the TV shows. I immediately think of Beetlejuice when Lydia Dietz is eating Chinese food. out. I mean, that's like a movie trope, right? Yeah. But I don't know that I've ever actually achieved it IRL. Okay. 2021 goal. By the end of 2021... You and I have got to get Chinese food and eat it out of the garden. <laughs> See, this is what this is what I'm saying. Is so I think that you and I need to make this plan so it doesn't make it selfish. Where we're like, we are both, even if we both get the same thing. Yes, no, we're getting get two own, orders yeah, of it. Yeah. So you get your own box, exactly. and then we're gonna sit on the floor next to a coffee table like they do in all the every movies, movie. And we're gonna eat straight out of the the little box. Yes, we are. <laughs> I mean, I know, I understand that life has thrown some shit at us that our bar, our now goal, life goals are maybe a little low. We should shoot a little higher. But honestly, I would feel like 2021 was well spent if at one point you and I are sitting at a coffee table, not sharing Chinese food, (laughs) (laughs) with not a plate to be seen. (laughs) But maybe, really, it's not that the bar is low. We just have learned to appreciate little things. There you go. That's a better way of looking at it. Before this, we were like, oh, just wanting to eat out of the carton like I see in all the movies. I mean, I could do that any day, right? Whatever. I'll just never do it. But now I'm like, I've never done it. And I've always Life is fleeting. Now it's a plan, because I'm like, who knows what the shit is going to happen next, where I'm not going to be able to eat Chinese food in the same room as another human that I haven't been quarantining yes, with. Right. We gotta do it. Yep. Done. Done. It's happening. 2021 Operation Chinese Food is happening! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is it bad that I'm legitimately excited to do this? I'm so glad you are, so it's not just me being the sole weirdo over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I really want noodles. Okay, let, let's, yeah. let's get through this. Let's get through this. We got All right. This. So, the dopey cop hears a sound, so he goes to investigate. He's pretty jumpy, but when he gets back to his desk, there's a new clown. There's a surprise clown. There's a new clown on his desk. And I kind of half expected dopey cop to be like, aw, look at this cute little guy. But right. instead, he's just like, what the fuck? 
And Fritz murders him in his so creepy clown way. Right. It's I thought so maybe creepy. there was a chance he would make it as a horror fan. Because, you know, like, we want to think as horror fans, we'll see the shit coming, right? Right. I yeah. thought maybe he would have he'd be able to crack the code a little bit, but nay, nay, nay. No, and I kind of thought, well, he... Whew. Ambushed by a chest ghost. I, I oh my god. Simultaneous chest ghost. What? Our chest ghosts, are, ghosts have slinked up. <laughs> Our friendship has leveled up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Fritz murders him. He does the syringe. And I think this is the first time I realized that the syringe doesn't kill. It just incapacitates. Yeah. Because Dopey Cop's still alive. When yeah. Fritz, oh, when he does a thing where he just hovers over his face and their noses are almost touching. Ugh. So creepy. And so then he creepy. just pounds a nail through his forehead. Yeah. Was not expecting that. Pop. No, no, definitely not. And then sadly, end of Dopey Pop. R.I.P. So Bob is in the office with the other two cops who are getting pretty drunk and Bob's holding it together when the power goes out. And I fucking love this where they're like, God damn it, Tony, he probably blew the power running that popcorn machine. <laughs> of course he was running a popcorn machine. Oh, Tony, even when you're a dumbass, you're the best. And I just love that not only does it mean that Tony loves himself a popcorn machine, but it means he set a precedent of having yeah. blown the fuse. I had not the thought about that. Machine. You're right. That he was a serial fuse blower. Woo. For a popcorn machine. For a popcorn machine. Which just, I mean, just endeared him more, even though he's dead yeah. at this point. But I just love that. He's blown the breaker so many times running this popcorn machine that now that's just the default. Like, ah, god damn it. I bet Tony was running that popcorn <laughs> machine again. Like, oh, <laughs> Tony loves him some popcorn. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Popcorn is delightful. Popcorn is delicious. I love popcorn. So meanwhile, while one of the cops is going to investigate the blown fuse, Carrie and Joel break out of their cells. And Bob is going through the evidence box and finds Carrie's notebook and he reads something that is not yet revealed. So we lose one cop at the breaker box Yes, to Mike. We lose the second cop to Bob and that's when Bob, oh my god, I love it, when he turns around and Fritz is just standing there and he's like, oh my god, you know, whatever, like he scared the shit of me and then he turns the other way and Mike is just standing there and he's like, oh god, you guys got to calm down. Like, I just love that they (laughs) jump scared him. I think this movie is weirdly joyful. I do too. It is the the most blue skies movie about a pack of serial killers I've seen. Because it stays pretty funny. Right. Even when we get serious gore or murder or you know sneaking around kind of scenes it still stays funny right so it's still that's why you know i i kept calling it fun because it's just fun it's fun it is well titled yes it is vicious fun it is it is vicious fun that is correct so bob has met back up with fritz and mike and that's when he holds up carrie's notebook which has a list on it titled Utah. Oh, damn, twist. Which calls back to when, you know, they were talking about, this is not a Utah. And we didn't know what they were talking about. And what, you know, what's implied here is that another support group, I mean, not implied, all the names are crossed off, right? There was another support group where somehow they had an extra person and then everybody died. And so, you know, when somebody else is paranoid of a Utah and Zachary gets all offended, like, a Utah would never happen because I'm here. I would never let a Utah happen (laughs) when a Utah is currently in progress. It is in progress. (laughs) Yes. So Carrie and Joel are sneaking around this blacked out police station and they get to the door and Carrie kind of pushes Joel outside and then tries to 
close the door on him. And Joel's very like, what? Don't you need me? You know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like doing the whole, you know, I don't need you. Get out of here. And Joel leaves. He runs for a while yes. and then stops and is like, Continuing oh, to be it, the Carrie. most relatable character in the movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he runs for a while and then he just, God damn it, Carrie, and heads back. But meanwhile, Sarah has shown up at the police station looking for Joel, but all the power is out and all the doors are locked until Fritz notices her and then unlocks the door to let her inside. Basically, what we walk into is a whole lot of Carrie murdering Mike and Fritz while Sarah witnesses and Joel has returned and it's just kind of explaining to Sarah, yeah, I was not lying. It's a bunch of serial killers, including Bob. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you gave a blowy to a serial killer earlier tonight. Uh, Sorry to tell (laughs) you. So while Joel and Carrie are having a conversation, I mean, she's already killed Mike and Fritz at this point. Can I just say how much I really like Carrie? We haven't even really talked Carrie. about her. She is great in this. Another thing we skipped over is the conversation they have in the jail, which is what I was alluded to earlier. I love the dynamic between them because one of the tropes that I hate so much from the 80s is, is the nerdy guy who thinks he is entitled to the hot girl and is rewarded with her at the end of the movie. And yeah. when he talks about infusing this movie with modern sensibilities is the way that Carrie... Like, it's like, do you see why this is creepy? Right. And it, Or her whole, or she's like, and now you feel dumb. And that's the good next step. Or, you know, whatever yeah. it was where she was like, now you feel stupid. And that's good. Right. <laughs> right. And I, I think that this, because it does this, it's it takes on and subverts one of the gross sexist tropes of the 80s in a way yeah. that still feels true to what it's trying to do and it sets up the dynamic of that relationship later on yeah yeah and i mean i know jumping ahead but yeah when we get the the scene in the hospital and joel and sarah are talking again the 80s trope would have been that she would have thrown him a freebie and kissed him but been like we're still good friends but instead she's just like no we're just really good you're a really good friend yeah yeah and and not even like now we can't hang out but just like we are really good friends. That's what we are. I, I you know? also appreciate that he takes in the information as like, yeah, this is, this is weird and creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that we never get a love interest sort of connection between him and Carrie because that would be fucking absurd. But yeah, would be very in keeping with the, the tradition of 80s movies. Exactly. And I think, you know, those are those things like we were talking about earlier where it doesn't exactly go where you think it's going to go. But that's only because based on what we're expecting on, you know, the way right. our past movies have gone. But in this one was like, dog, dog, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> I really appreciate that about this movie, because yeah. sometimes I kind of have to, especially with these like 80s throwbacks, you kind of have to swallow the shitty stuff from the 80s. To enjoy the fun stuff. And this movie yeah. did not ask you of that. In fact, it actively took progressive steps to be like, this shit is creepy. Yeah. Don't do this. This is yeah. not a good look. Is that embarrassing to be called on it and be presented with it? Yes. But that's how you grow. And I was just like, yeah. all right, movie. I see yeah. you and I appreciate you. And it, I, I already liked you, but now I double like you. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the police going back to where and we both. I mean, I think we're doing really good lately. We have not, in the last several episodes, immediately said the ending. Yeah, the we've Look been at doing us. pretty good. Growth. 
Well, That's I what know. You call growth, my friend. <laughs> We're getting better at our jobs. Yeah. All right. But Joel and Carrie are having a conversation when Bob appears out of nowhere and stabs Carrie in the back, and Joel saves her by getting stabbed in the arm and uh, <laughs> such a knockout. great effect too. Oh, it was great. It was so good. <laughs> There's that soft tissue damage you've been waiting yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. It was I mean, it was really good though. So Joel and Carrie stumble out of the police station and you know, they get into Sarah's car and Sarah's freaking out and Joel's trying to get to a hospital and so they escape to the hospital and hit Bob with the the car on the way there. <laughs> I also was very proud of them for not stopping. They just ran his ass over, which is what you do in this situation. Yes. Yes. So at the hospital, we get a little bit of a breather where Carrie has undergone surgery. So she's still passed out. Joel gets the knife removed. And I just, again, this scene, it was so over the top (laughs) acting and yet somehow was hilarious. Why was it? Why was it funny? It was, though. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be at all funny, but it was so funny. I don't know what, and because he was totally pulling that 40-year-old version. Where, yes. You know, he's pulling the, the, the Kelly knife Clarkson. out. The Kelly Clarkson, yes. Yeah, and he's just like, ah, oh, fuck you. No, I don't mean that. I'm sorry. You're just doing your job. I don't know. It was just so, something about, I don't know if it's delivery, or I don't know if at this point we are so endeared to the character that we just yeah. think he's funny. I don't know. I just, but it was I think I had just funny. fully, I had bought into the shtick at this point. I was like, I'm in, I, think so. I accept it. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. So, and this gets to the the part that we were just talking about where Joel and Sarah are sitting in the waiting room and he's talking to Sarah about, you know, and this is where you would expect her to be like, oh, I'm just going to throw him a freebie because he's so sweet, right? And right. Instead it's just I see you in a new way. You yeah. are a viable sexual opportunity. No, no, yeah. no. You're fucking friends and that's fine. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was a good scene. It's a good scene. But, it ends with Joel discovering bloody footprints leading from a door to a closet, and mm-hmm. inside the closet is Bob's bag of disguises. So Bob is now in the hospital, pretty beat up and injured, dressed as a doctor, and he is he's snuck into Carrie's hospital room where he's going to murder her. Joel is running to save her, and then we get our final battle between it's you know Bob versus Joel and Carrie. Mm-hmm. Joel intervenes just as you know Bob's about to strike, and they fight him, and then Carrie, Carrie kills him, stabbing him repeatedly with the tiniest little scalpel, and then <laughs> straight through the eye. Yeah. And I Ooh, love when, that eye, though. Oh, yeah. Yep, pulls out the eye and the little tendons and everything, and then Bob dies. And I love because the whole thing about Joel this whole time is that he has a weak gag reflex, <laughs> yeah. and so he keeps puking on things. And I love he's standing there and he's like, hey, I didn't even gag. And just as he goes to high five, Carrie just pukes straight onto Bob. <laughs> so stupid, but it works. It works. Why? For some reason, right? I don't know. So now I love this part when Carrie was like, so during the post-op, I had a realization that I could probably use an intern. And she takes Joel on as yes! her intern. Which again, like you're saying, it's not like she became... Uh, or ever was the love interest for Joel no. or like or a Sarah replacement, but now they're business part. He works for her. Yeah. So he's her intern. Which is you know? correct. Yeah. Because she, the other trope that drives me crazy is the thing where you have the extremely proficient female character that exists to set up the male character to become the chosen one. And suddenly she fails at the end and then he finishes it. You know what I mean? That is a yeah. standard trope. 
But in this, she kills Bob. She kills Bob, and he's there in a support role, which is correct. Because she's yeah. a proficient killer, and he is a movie critic. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's nothing against him. I like him very much. But he, I mean, I also probably am not going to be the person who finishes the movie if I'm with an assassin. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. The assassin's got this. Maybe I can do a little distracting. But that's the extent of where I'm going to be able to go with this. So I right. appreciate that that is another standard trope that this movie manages to subvert while still very much feeling like the spirit of an 80s movie. The best yeah. parts of an 80 movie, 80s movie are present in this without all the other baggage. Yes, agreed. There's no yeah. sexist jokes. There's no racist jokes. There's no aggressive use of fag. You know what I mean? All those things yeah. that you cringe when you watch old movies. Like The Monster Squad. I love that movie. But when you watch it, it's pretty painful in parts. It's extremely yeah. homophobic. But you have to make that sort of bargain with yourself as you're watching it. Like, oh, what's of an era? And this has all of that fun without all without that, like I said, that baggage. I don't know. I mean, this is probably super obvious, but I mean, it does make it more enjoyable because oh, you don't have to agree. just accept the the gross parts or the bad parts and just well, be like, well. It tells you you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to put up with that shit. It's not yeah. necessary to really have a great, fun, kind of gruesome, silly movie that is just a total popcorn muncher of a movie without having to kind of, you don't have to have that stuff. Yeah. It is not an essential ingredient. And it still fucking worked as a really good movie. Yep. I love this. I think it's super fun, and it works without yep. those, all those other tropes. I agree. Yep. So Carrie and Joel escape the hospital, and I love that Joel just gets that one last wave to Sarah, who's happy for him, you know? And then we cut to an undetermined time in the future, where a very different Joel walks into well, a now he has theater. a goatee. Yeah. <laughs> so you know he's got some edge to him now. Right? He's wearing combat boots Ooh. today. But I do love that it's still stuck with the 80s, where he's got the the tropical print shirt over the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he walks into this empty movie theater lobby, gets the attention of a movie theater employee, and starts ordering food. And the movie theater employee is like, oh, no, we're closed for the season. And Joel is playing the whole, oh, and you're still stocking shelves. That's weird. Well, I'm just going to use the can before I go, you know, and discovers a girl tied up in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. But we find out this is their whole thing now that they're now that he's Carrie's intern is he's the distraction and then Carrie shows up and murders the serial killer yep. and then she and it's it's funny because then she's like you go get snacks I'll help her so he's just loading up on snacks struggling to get back into the car and she goes what did you forget he's like <laughs> oh that's right that's right that's right and so he has to run back in to get her axe and gags over the gore and I do love when he makes it back in the car and she's like you didn't puke. And he goes, no, I didn't. I didn't puke. She goes, did you gag? He goes, I did. I did gag. <laughs> I also love there's a little moment where he sees the poster and the person had made his movie. Yes. Like, I knew it was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how far into the credits you watched because I didn't the first time, but I did um, today. Was there more in the credits? Remind yeah, there was me. one little scene and it's not important. It doesn't change anything, okay. but into the credits there's a little scene of the director from the beginning oh yeah yeah, and, yeah 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 and he calls his assistant he's like i need writers just had an idea about a taxi cab <laughs> that's so great yeah 
so i mean now obviously we just finished it i talking about it again got me even more excited for the potential of a sequel because i would right? love to see the further adventures of joel and carrie i don't know about you me too and Same. are we really sure bob's dead i'm not really right? sure that was a very was- small scalpel yeah yeah it seemed survivable i feel like he's gonna come back with an eye patch don't you Ooh. right oh and you that would be a 90s villain though yes it would Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yep. All right, this Cody, just... make it happen. <laughs> Actually, we want it. Everybody watch the movie so that it does well on Shutter so that it they make a sequel because I I'm ready for more. Me too. Oh more my god. Carrie, that would be so great. More Joel, more Bob. Yes, please. All 90s. So they have kind of like an 80s synth score. I want to hear what the equivalent of that sounds like for the 90s. We haven't really yeah. had that yet. People are using the music of the 90s a lot. Like I said, in Fear Street, it starts with Nine Inch Nails. That's the first oh. first song you hear. But I haven't heard whatever the music or the orchestral version of 90s music is. If you were to create a new score, it'd be a lot of piano. Yeah. A lot of tense piano. I think it's going to have a lot of industrial influence in it. Yes. For sure. And then I'm trying to think of what, were, what was the big stuff in the 90s was britney spears 90s yeah britney spears 90s she was more 2000 yeah maybe she like started yeah. at the late 90s and really blossomed yeah but she was more 2000s yeah. 2000s well i mean i guess boy bands really started in the 90s too because yeah. it was mid 90s that backstreet boys versus Sync became yeah. a thing so maybe she was the 90s the latter half i the think 90s. the very first song came out in, in like 99 or something yeah but there was also I'm trying to think bjork was a thing all that oh, trip yeah. hop was a thing. But I'm trying to think about yeah. pop music. Spice Girls, that's 90s. So I want to hear yes. what the mishmash of what is that, what is a 90s sound? Like you hear synth, you're like 80s. That's definitely right. 80s. So what is the synth of the 90s? I guess is what I'm trying to get at here. All right, listeners, yeah. you got to tell us because I don't freaking know. Yeah, chime in. Maybe it's too, I'm too close to it. You know what I mean? I know the individual pieces too well. Whereas if you are someone who is a little bit younger, and you just heard it all together. That's the thing is I'm really only thinking of specific mm-hmm. scores from specific movies, but to think of an overarching like, oh, all 90s you know, horror movie music sounded like, it's that, that's where I'm getting lost. You know, because all I just keep hearing are specific things. Remember the 90s were like the heydays of the original soundtrack. There was like The Crow, yeah. Romeo and Juliet, Natural Born Killers. It's when you used to go buy soundtracks for movies as albums. I listened yeah. to The Crow so many times. Oh my god, I forgot that was a whole thing. It was a whole thing! Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Uh. That's like not a thing anymore, is it? I'm trying, yeah, no, definitely not. God. Now I kind of want to get, I bet, actually, no, I'm not going to. I bet if I got out The Crow soundtrack and listened to it again, it would not hold up. Oh my god, I still have, well, I still have, I don't have the actual CD anymore because I had my my big old book of CDs stolen out of my Honda Civic once. Ugh, motherfucker. But I have the music still from those CDs somewhere, but I had the Triple X soundtrack, and it oh was all, my like, god. metal. And- <laughs> oh, God. Would it be new metal, or is that 2000s? That's 2000s. That was 2000s, Okay, thank yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that was a whole thing, where oh, you would just sure. buy a soundtrack to a movie, or from a movie, yep. or whatever, and it wasn't... And I remember there's some movies where there are two versions of the soundtrack CD. One was the actual scores, and then one yes! was, like, 
this the song. And if you accidentally got the score, you'd be like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What were some other ones? I'm trying to I'm trying to remember which other ones I definitely had. I know Crazy Beautiful. Yes. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. I think bring I, it on. Uh-huh. God, br- bring back the awesome music score. Right. It was Now This Is Music before Now This Was Music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I remember it had, like, Crow had Nine Inch Nails, but it also had Lords of Acid and all kinds of weird alternative shit on it that I was like, yeah, I'm so goth. Yeah, <laughs> I'm listening to the, the Crow soundtrack. That's how you know I'm so goth. I'm listening to Ramstein. I'm yes, so edgy. That's right. It had that that Ramstein yeah. song on it. That's right. Yeah. Oh my God. And Henry Rollins was on there. Or I guess it was Rollins Band. Maybe it was Henry Rollins. I can't remember, but that was on there. Like, oh, yeah. Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah. Hero. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, the 90s. The 90s are so corny. I, I loved them. Oh my god. What are you gonna do? All right, cool. So, overall, what'd you think of this hair movie film? I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. It was so much yeah. fun. And, you know, I'm a sucker for the, the 80s synth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and I I liked the plot. I really thought that the whole movie was gonna, because of the way the little synopsis yeah. is written on Shutter. I thought the whole movie was gonna be him <laughs> pretending to be a serial killer. Right. So I was a little bit surprised when almost immediately after pretending to be a serial killer, he's found out is not. But... I mean, I love the way the movie went, and I love that he ends up as her intern. Yeah! It's not even like she's teaching him how to be an assassin. She's just having him do the things like you would with an intern. Yeah, he's doing the administrative tasks (laughs) for assassins. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of, you know, actual interpositions. Like, I remember I was working a job, I was in marketing still, and we had summer interns who, I mean... You gotta admire when people still have dreams, you know. Yeah. But you can tell when the real these... world has not broken them yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And these these kids were in college for marketing, and they just had this beautiful vision of getting an internship at a marketing company, oh, thinking they were going to be learning how to run campaigns, and they were going to be pitching ad ideas oh, and stuff like bless. that. When really it was like, no. I just. <laughs> And really, it was like, I just need you to write blog content. Yeah. Do you like data right. entry? Because you're going to do a shit ton of it. Yeah. <laughs> if they learned anything about marketing through osmosis, that was the most they were going to get, you know, because that wasn't the point. I never did an internship when I was oh, in college God. because I couldn't afford to spend time doing something for free. Yeah. I was already going to school full time and working all the time. I wasn't working at a coffee shop for money, but I didn't have time to cut down on my coffee shop hours and not make money in order to go somewhere else to work harder to not make money yeah just couldn't rationalize it to myself so i just never did it and it you know whatever i've survived yeah. i made it through life yeah, you, you know so i don't know firsthand what being an intern is like I but i know definitely was an intern <laughs> <laughs> and everything you think about it is correct because <laughs> as a writer the way i got my way into writing in magazines was i was an intern an unpaid intern and i loved it in some ways but you walk in the door and they're like transcribe this two-hour uh interview you're like oh fuck yeah <laughs> and it is, you're like this is not what i this is not the glamorous world of magazine writing that i thought i was stepping into but yeah but and i mean having never been an intern but i had interns and yeah. so i was talking to my, my manager at the time like what am i supposed to have them do i've never had interns before and he was like just give them all the stuff you don't want to do I was like, what, really? 100%. Yeah, 100%. That is what you're there to do. All right. So, Vicious Fun. You liked it. I liked it. Everybody should watch it. 
But if they watch it, what should they drink while they watch it? Okay. I mean, I feel like there's so many options here because you just choose something that's yeah. like 80s fantastic. Yeah. And so all I could think of, and I don't know why, but all I could think of was just vodka in a Fanta. Right? <laughs> in a tab. Yeah, in a tab, yes. <laughs> it's a tab. It's a, a whiskey tab. Whiskey tab, yes. No, that's it. That's done. Whiskey tab. Yes. That's what you drink when you watch this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be vicious, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> awesome. Okay, great. So let's get into some listener mail that we got. We got some fun ones. Ooh. So this first email comes from Jenny. Hello, Stream Queens. I've been binge listening to your podcast, and I love it. Oh, thank you, Jenny. That's nice of you to say. Your selections and reviews are not only funny, but right and insightful. She said right. She said right. (laughs) (laughs) That is not normally the response I get. (laughs) So I'm going to take it. Right and insightful. First off, I loved the movie Clown. See? Hidden Jim. It really is. It truly is. This Ginny. I, I like this Ginny. I like the cut of her jib here. All right. It's surprising not just how, how funny it was at the beginning, but how scary and dark it got. I did not have Sean, Mars's brother. Yup. What? Twist. Twist. Watch it as he would have left me. <laughs> but a hidden gem indeed. So does your brother not like horror movies? He is not a fan of horror movies. No. I- he... Okay, so, and I, I meant to bring this up because this is fun, but the only time he can watch a horror movie, I mean, he's watched, like, I think he watched Anna and the Apocalypse. Okay. So the more fun ones, but he's not a big serious horror fan. Okay. But she was telling me that one of the ways that she, he will watch a horror movie is they play a game called B-Movie Bingo. Okay. Where they make up their own bingo cards and then you get to cross off for whatever b-movie horror or b-movie trope that you come across right so it's not just horror movie specifically but she wants to make a horror movie one so i am calling she's she's tapped me as a resource i'm calling you into the game as well okay you have any ideas on horror movie bingo card yes of course i have lots of ideas (laughs) because it's like every card needs 25 but then you want more than 25 so that not every card has the same you know some cards will have, you know, some cards will be, some, you know, squares will be duplicated, but you want some where only one person has the, like, cat jump scare square or yes. something, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should definitely do that. Yeah. Horror so I'm bingo. tapping you okay. as a research because I think you'd have fun doing this and also because I'm going to need help. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I'll totally help. I'm like, art, my brain is already formulating ideas of what it could be. <laughs> The fun part is that you can do the really standard ones, like someone closes a bathroom mirror and there's something behind them, but then yes. you can get super specific. Yes. Like the one that I really love that I want to do is a teenager references his parents as the parental units. Oh, yes. Because that is a thing. That is a thing. It doesn't happen in every movie, but it happens but it just happens sometimes. Enough. Right. Or a square that's like the sound coming from the garage is actually just raccoons. Yeah. You know, because there's always that scene in a movie where someone hears a sound and they get all tent and they're, they're sneaking up to investigate it and they're all scared and it turns out it's just a raccoon right. who runs away chittering. Yeah. You know? yeah, totally. Or girl falls down while running away from slow-moving killer. Right. <laughs> if I sat down here, we could we could come up with some stuff. Listeners, yeah. we'll also enlist your assistance. 
if you have some ideas yes. for what belongs on horror movie bingo, it uh, slide into the emails. Yes. Because oh my gosh, that would be because I'm sure there's even things you and I are not going to think of, right? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That sounds fun. And so that's yeah. how she's going to get him to watch horror movies. That's ingenious. Because yes, because if it's a game, mm-hmm. it's a it gives him something to focus on. That's not the parts that scare him. And B, you know, it's a game. It's fun. <laughs> there you go. I, what do you think? Yeah. Could he watch Vicious Fun? I really think he could. Yeah. Right. It's not super scary. He's not a big gore fan, and there's some pretty good gore in this, but it's not wall-to-wall gore. No. And it's pretty funny. Yeah. And it's really fun. I mean, is his thing that he doesn't like gore, or is it or is it more that he doesn't like getting scared? Both, I think. Okay. <laughs> I think he probably... I, I don't know. You know what? I say that, I think he could. but I'm so dead inside. I don't fucking know, dude. We watched nine Saw movies. I, I no longer can recommend things to people <laughs> who are freaked out by gore, because I am broken. Yeah, yeah, same, same. But I think he could watch Vicious Fun. Yeah. I think I think he'd enjoy it. All right, we're going to need the Sean report now. Which of these yeah. he watches and, and, like, if he likes any of them. It'll be the new, the new gauge. <laughs> we'll give it a Sean rating. Yes. Yeah, we'll give it, you know, three screaming boyfriends. <laughs> or four out of five, nopes, not on my life. I would never watch this. <laughs> All right, so Jenny's not done, though. She also has an application for the bunker. Now, this is important, yes, okay? Does. This this is when World War Three happens or whatever thing we release from a lab or whatever the case may be. The next iteration of COVID-19. <gasps> yeah, COVID-23, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, we're going to need we're going to need skilled people who are can be in the bunker. I feel like yes. I've already filled the unskilled <laughs> no, you're the organization. Organization you're and the... sewing are the two things that I yeah. bring. You are sewing and mending, and you're also the one who's like, hey guys, we're running low on beans. <laughs> I don't love it, but let's face it. <laughs> that's all that's left. Plus, you know, you can tr- trust me not to be eating more than my share of the beans because beans are fucking gross. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine you stealing extra bean rations, but just crying that would be in the, the corner like ultimate <laughs> twist, right? There was some great bean heist inside the bunker and you're like, Well, Rachel's not our bean thief. And twist Oh my god. It was me all along. I was playing the long game. If things go not according to plan and we have to get ourselves integrated into another person's bunker, mm-hmm. what you do is pretend to hate the thing that you love. So you're like, well, clearly I'm not the one who's stealing the turkey. Ew. I hate turkey. <laughs> I hate jerky. I would never. And then you pull the jerky. And really, you're the jerky thief. Yes, I like it. Oh, my God. It, is that another good band name? Jerky thief? Jerky thief is pretty good. Jerky thief is pretty good. Okay, so here is what Ginny is bringing to the bunker. And right away, I mean, she pretty much said what I needed to hear. Oh, yeah, she nails it with point one. Yeah, yeah she pretty much, uh, this is the secret code to get in the bunker. I will kill spiders for you. <laughs> Very important, because sometimes you might be busy, and I or Ariel might be busy, and I'm going to need somebody else to step in. Everybody... Plus, what if what if there's some sort of flood, and all those spiders are looking no, for dry land, and no. then there's an influx of spiders? No, no, <laughs> no. It happens every year in the spring and the fall here when it starts what? raining season. The spiders head indoors. No, and there's just an I didn't know this spiders. about Portland. Oh, I forgot you're trying to move here. That never happens. I don't know what you're talking about. What I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is horrifying. 
Well, I'm gonna need to know more about this. This is important information. <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm basically, if I move there, Ginny's gonna have to just move in. Okay, so she also said she will kill if there are wasps. She would kill them for us, also. Which is very important. Very important. I also do not like wasps. Bees terrify me, but I let them live because they're bees. Yes, but wasps. Wasps don't mm-hmm. have a same purpose. Mm-hmm. They don't have a similar purpose. No, no, as no, bees. no, no. If we're in some apocalyptic event, bees will eventually help us repopulate the earth so that we emerge from the bunker. Bees wasps will keep, the will keep us going. in the bunker. Yeah. They gotta go. They gotta go. Okay. I have cats that eat flies and spiders. Bam. All right. All right. of this is exactly what this is the this is the criteria the pedigree of people we want in the bunker so this is good so right and now we have we have ariel who will also remove the spiders but then we have our police force jenny and her cat army just patrolling the bunker looking for spiders all as well could she also get things on high shelves see that's a tough question from to ask me because everybody is tall in my eyes so yeah Mm -hmm. right that's a good point same here Every, I mean, every shelf is something I can't get, so. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I am a Ravenclaw, as is Mars, which, of course, you are. And yeah. <laughs> uh, that's right. You're a Ravenclaw who keeps trying to get Hufflepuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got Hufflepuff. Let's see here. And love Harry Potter and could recreate the movies and serve as entertainment. And when she says that, she's not joking. Really? She used to fall asleep to the audiobooks. Do you remember in Reign of Fire when they're recreating Star Wars? Yeah. It's like that. She could do that, but with Harry Potter movies. Oh my god. Okay. I know when to shut up and give people space. Hey. Underrated important criteria in a very enclosed space. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. That's the thing. We can't have too big of personalities in there. Right. Well, and even if you do, they they have to be tempered with the self-awareness of, I should go into another room right now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Ariel didn't put it on her list, but she's definitely someone who is self-aware and and not like a big in-your-face kind of person. She's yeah. chill. She's chill. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Okay, yes. I can cook, sew, build fires, chop. Oh, see, now she's coming for my gig. Chop wood and grow <laughs> plants, and will bring seeds and books. She's going to be feeding our bodies and our minds and our minds. Right. <laughs> and when we're all going fucking cabin fever crazy yeah we'll be like uh instead of like uh we just gotta put on a movie we'll be like hey we gotta put on jenny yeah any book jen yep right <laughs> she's gonna be like did you ever watch the the, the good place she's gonna be yes. like janet but of books for us yes. <laughs> <laughs> and finally not sure if sean can automatically go in being that he's family i think probably should go in but if he does then i can keep him company while he is an engineer who can fix everything oh he's in yep he's in yeah even without the family thing but also just because i know he's he's i was i was ready to let him in but now i know he can earn his keep yeah he recently i still don't fully understand it but he made this contraption for my mom where you put a weight on one end it's like a it's like a like a See, th- this is this is so bad. I can't even describe what I'm talking about. But it's a plant hanger, and you put a plant on one side and a weight on the other, so it hangs. But what it does is, when the plant needs water, the plant becomes lighter than the weight, <gasps> so you know when to water your plant. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's in. He's in because we're gonna need that yeah. in our underground. Because uh, we don't want to be wasting water. You have to be really careful with conserving your water. Plus, and we would. You can kill plants with overwatering too. That so. too. 
All right. Yeah. He's in. He's in. Love you gals. And thank you for the show. Thank you for this awesome email. It's it was so great, right? Oh my gosh. She seems great. She is great. Uh, they're both great. Uh, and they're both I think, I mean, it sounds like you're on board, but officially application accepted. Application accepted. Accepted. All right. <laughs> you're in, you're Jenny. In. <laughs> we'll accept we'll, uh, your deposit in check cash or <laughs> bearer bond form. <laughs> bearer bond. I don't know. <laughs> Loose gems. Gems. We'll take it in loose gems. (laughs) (laughs) Baseball cards. I don't know. Okay. So let's see here. Are you ready for clown mail? Yes. Clown mail. So this first one is short and sweet. There is a photo. Now I don't, I need to double check that it's okay to post this before. So listeners may or may not get to enjoy this. So I'm going to have you describe it. I'm just going to download it. It's fine. I'm sure it's not full of clown virus. It's fine. Ooh, clown virus. <laughs> that's that's COVID-23. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's Oh my god, cuz it is the it is the virus that exposed the clown. Oh, fuck, you're not you're not kidding. Okay, so this is from Charlie, who seems amazing. We took family photos as clowns and my dad was about a half centimeter away from being buried in his clown suit. When he passed 15 years ago, Charlie. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, Charlie, your dad sounds amazing. Okay, let me drop this in here for you because it is just as good as you would hope that it would be. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's so good. The best part is that they all chose a different kind of clown. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Full Like it's not even matching clowns. Yeah, full spectrum of clowns. Oh my gosh. All right. Oh my gosh. I am looking at a family photo where everyone shows a different kind. We have we have hobo clown. Yes. We have rainbow clown. Yes. We have raggedy ann doll clown. Yes. I think that's Charlie. And then we have oh gosh, just the patchwork clown, you know, the one yeah. with like little bits of everything. Full birthday party clown. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. This is adorable and terrifying, and I'm so glad that Charlie shared it with me. Yes. So thank okay, you so Charlie, much. I need a follow up email because I have questions. First of all, <laughs> was this hanging up in your home? Follow up question: What did you do when your friends came over and saw it? <laughs> were you obscured enough in the photos that you could lie and say they were cousins, or did you? Oh, were you proudly own up to your clown family photo? Third question, is this the photo you mailed out? You know how families do those yearly family update newsletters? Is this the one you mailed out? Please, God, let it be the one you mailed out. Is this a legendary photo in your family? That's what I need to know. I need, basically what I'm saying is I need additional details. I hope we hear from you because I love this photo. (laughs) This brings, okay, you know what? I get it now. I see why clowns are delightful. I am delighted by these clowns. <laughs> I, I think this is honestly the first time yeah. that I've seen pictures of clowns and thought, oh my god, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Okay. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We do have another email from... I got confused because these... I believe this is the same person, but from two different email addresses. Huh. Because it is... This one says Charlie, and it's signed Charlie. And then this one says, Sherlina, 
designed? Not at all. But the photos are the same. <laughs> what? Did I just did I just solve a cloud keeper? <gasps> just happened. Wait, did both siblings mail in? Wouldn't that be wild? The same photo? No, no, no. Okay, no. I'm what I'm saying is like if I send you an email, you'll see a picture of one of my cats. Like, oh right, right, right. So this is the same photo. I recognize it in both of them, but they're from. Are, are, are we they? getting trolled? What's happening? Okay, well here we go. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Hello, Rachel. I am your worst nightmare. <laughs> solid start. Solid start to an email. <laughs> Just kidding. Totally, probably. My name is Sherlina Ray, and I also go by Charlie. Okay, wait. No, never mind. I think we solved the mystery. <laughs> I okay, yeah. Clearly, this is a cold read. I had not read this email yet <laughs> because I just really made myself sound stupid. <laughs> but uh, now, who's the clown now? Who's the clown now? <laughs> Twist. Okay, so I also go by Charlie, and I was a professional clown for about 10 years, starting at age eight. Okay, so this, wow. this is a family photo that is not just like a, hey, let's all dress up like clowns. This is a, a passion. A, this is a family a legacy a legacy yes. okay okay so i will give you as much perspective as i can i was scared of my parents when they dressed as clowns when i was very little as in i would watch them slowly transform i knew they were still my parents it was just scary as fuck for whatever reason and i would hide under the table i remember sitting in the car on the way to church where they were volunteered for vacation bible school before we were professionals we were professionals this is amazing. Oh. This is so good. And trying to reason with myself and being okay. And also kind of not okay. <laughs> oh. So as one who has been scared by clowns and one who has also scared children, I think I have somewhat a somewhat rounded view. This is a very reasonable email, I have to say. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> so she addresses some of our questions. Holy shit. Okay, 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 okay. Who likes clowns? <laughs> I, so, I feel so bad. Okay. Oh my god. Most people. Really? Okay. A majority of our work was for birthday parties, and some families would hire us back for several years in a row, to the point where we would have to work hard to come up with new material. Of course, having consistent business was great, so no complaints. But we also did a lot of company picnics, parades, and lots of special events and festivals where we would just walk around entertaining people and making balloon animals or have face painting, have a face painting station. Okay. Okay. It sounds, okay. It's a little scary. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's <laughs> a little scary when you're like, we're just wandering around. <laughs> Let's see. Well, that, and I know this is my own personal thing. I, I have a fear of balloons. Oh, that's so. right. You're afraid of balloons. Yeah. So it makes me so tense when I see people making balloon animals because they're just twisting and making the balloon more taut. And I know they leave the room in the yes. end or whatever, but still, still, still. And then I can't hold them because I'm like, this thing is going to burst at any moment. Right. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, OK. Well, layers, layers of fear is what I'm getting. OK. Yep. For festivals, we would sometimes do regular stage shows as well as walking around, and those were long-ass days, especially if it was an entire weekend. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dude, can you? Yeah. I can barely keep regular makeup on my face for a full day outside in the sun. I I think... But full face paint? Full, like, grease paint? That would be 
wild. Yeah. We probably broke some child labor laws, but it was yeah. a family business, so there may have been some exceptions. But business was great for as long as we wanted. In fact, we started professionally because my dad was a high school Spanish teacher who was helping one of his young teacher friends do taxes and saw how much he was making as a professional clown. His friend had more business than he could handle, so he started throwing parties our way. And since my parents had volunteered as clowns before and were good with people, our business took off. This is wild. Whoa, yeah. There's something kind of awesomely old school about this. A family who have a trade is not a thing that really exists for the most part. I I guess there's military families or like police families. But yeah, this is so interesting. Okay. What kind of psycho freak weirdo becomes a professional clown anyway? I hope we didn't say that. (laughs) Lol, the kind with a generations-long silly streak who loves people and can read social situations, hopefully. (laughs) And likely a performer who needs money. We were poor and literally always had a side hustle. This ended up being the best one. My dad and I were, are both musicians. My brother and mom are artists. So we all had specialties. Okay, so that goes back to everybody having the different photos. Ah. Yeah, okay. My brother had his own branch of the business when he was in college for a while. So here's what I want to know. Do you have registered egg faces? Yeah, right? Yes. I I need to. I want to know. See, she goes... She's so kind. She answers all of our questions, and we just have more. <laughs> I know. It just, it's never going to end. Okay. As far as making people feel uncomfortable. Ooh, okay. Oh, my God. We would never want to do that. Our protocol was always, if it's a child and they start crying, turn tail and run the other way. Sometimes they would warm up to us during the party when they realized we were not ex-murderers. And the bulk of our work was before the scary clown mania, so it wasn't too bad. We're talking 1988 through 1999-ish. We actually would would regularly take abuse from teenagers during egg-based games like egg on a spoon or egg toss. Damn, that's fucked up. Yeah, but I mean, teenagers are awful. Teenagers are We've all had eggs on us and had to learn how to deal with the pushy parents and drunk assholes. So I guess they're like bartenders. <laughs> all will stay in character, of course. As far as interacting with adults, you read the crowd, and if someone seems uncomfortable, you do not harass them. My dad was a teacher and also a pastor and was really good at reading people, and my mom was an introvert who was also very observant, so I'm sure we made some people uncomfortable, but we really tried not to. You just engage with the people who seem interested. That makes sense. One time my dad was hired to come to the bedside of an elderly gentleman who was having the greater part of his nose removed the next day, I think due to cancer. He came home kicking himself for the op- for opening his sleight of hand with the line, have you ever seen anything disappear right before your eyes? It's <gasps> oh, <no. laughs> terrible. It's terrible. Oh, but it's better than what I, I mean... They're self-aware. They're aware. She's, you know, made that very clear that they would not, yeah. you know, purposefully. But I was like, oh, my God, please don't say he opened with the got your nose. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that's a whole different level oh, of not being so self-aware. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Everyone loved it, but he felt so bad. I mean, you just, you're just a shitty person and performer if you see that you're making someone uncomfortable and you keep going. I guess, to be fair... Most of my clown interactions have been at Halloween-related things, and so they're intentionally making you uncomfortable. 
see, and I'm realizing that right now. Yeah. Is that most of my interactions with people in costumes have been haunted houses and things like that, yeah. where that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. So I might be coming from this from a completely wrong angle. I'm now realizing. <laughs> see, look at look at us changing hearts and minds today. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Clown school, clown faces, etc. We never went to clown college, but Sa- Sasha Baron Cohen did. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. And we never went full egg with our faces. See, I got to quit asking these questions so I get to the end of the email. But the <laughs> pictures of the place are amazing. I'm also a fan of egg art. I don't think I have any good egg stories besides being egged as a professional clown and having leftover eggs from events that we had to eat and my dad getting food poisoning from one once. It was. Oh, no. Yeah. Ooh, an egg food poisoning is bad. It was me, my brother, and the, uh, and my parents, and my mom, who was the one who wore, wore the more traditional one-piece clown suit. The rest of our outfits were whatever craziness we could come up with from Goodwill. They looked great. They really do. We did have wigs and hats. Did I mention we were poor? Luckily, very large sneakers are often on mega sale, so my size 13 purple shoes were like five bucks or something. Mostly... We wore very large Converse and either learned to walk in them, or if they were big enough, we put our shoes inside. Oh. Tricks of the trade. Yeah. Insider tip. Yes. My brother learned to sew and eventually make his own traditional one piece. The hardest part of being a clown by far is staying in character from the moment you step out at the front door to the moment you close it when you are done. So many people are delighted by seeing a clown driving around or walking down the street. <laughs> oh, you know what? If I saw a clown driving, I would be fucking delighted. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> it's just so unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to ruin that. So even if we had three or four hour parties in a row. Oh, God. Three or four one hour parties in a row. And we're stopping at McDonald's for a burger and a bathroom break. We had to be. Kind and friendly and wave at everyone. I guess that's true, right? Because if they were just, you know, resting this face like, I just need my Big Mac, it would be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, Then it yeah. gets vaguely, not so vaguely threatening. I imagine it's like being a Disney princess. You cannot for even one second have a bad day or even a moment. I will never complain about the fact my parents worked so hard to support us and taught us how to support ourselves but holy god it was hard work that i would not recommend for most people when my mom finished school and became a teacher we no longer needed the money we stopped my brother and i were in college by then and i haven't done it since i don't know what it would be like to clown around these days even pre-plague oh god i bet oh god this has been a bad time for clowns i bet oh yeah i certainly don't have the energy due to chronic illness but I still love people, and it's fun to tell the kids about. They enjoy telling their friends that their mom and uncle and grandparents used to be professional clowns. We're all still so silly. I don't know that it really surprises anyone. Feel free to ask questions I forgot. Your pod was fun. I hate horror movies and would never watch the movie Cloud. But what sounded the least believable to me in an otherwise really interesting and well-done movie was the nose not coming off. That motherfucker's a pain to keep on. <laughs> <laughs> yes oh my god that was great charlie that was awesome thank you so yeah. so much the last thing i thought i was gonna get was a clown perspective yeah right and you know what i feel like kind of it opened my eyes my mind and my eyes a little bit i still am a little nervous about clowns but i don't know but see now i feel like 
I'm open to having a positive clown experience just so that I can be like, okay, well, I guess I was biased because the clowns I've run into were horror clowns or they were the people that aren't self-aware right. and don't realize like, oh, I'm making this person uncomfortable. Right. It's a courteous clown. A yeah. clown that recognizes their audience. I am open to the possibility of a, of a courteous clown. Yes. But it's nice. You know what? Yes. I think well, part of my disconnect was not understanding what was happening behind the face paint. Hearing that perspective of like, I'm just a silly person and it was a side hustle. I'm like, yeah, I can identify That's... with both of those things. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. The clown math adds up. Um, yep. I'm coming around on the clown. I'm around on the clown. All right. So if, like our friend Charlie, you want to get in touch, you can always reach us at Rachel at zombiegirls. That's G-R-R-L-Z dot com. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. You can follow us at Twitter at ZG Podcast or on Instagram at ZG Podcasts, plural. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, come over to the Zombie Girls website and check out our video on demand calendar where we keep track of all the horror movies that are coming out on streaming services as well as video on demand. And if you're looking to really step up the old wardrobe or get yourself a flossy new coffee cup or you'll love stickers and you need to add some to your collection, then check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. And if you love us, really love us, and can't get enough of us, then you should definitely check out our Patreon, where you get extended episodes to every episode on the network. This time, we're going to be talking about real-life experiences of near misses with serial killers. Mm. Yeah. And just to give you a little vibe of what it's like, we're going to include the first few minutes of the of the extended episode at the end of this. So stay tuned after the music to, to get a little taste of that. Yeah. So that just leaves our plan for the next episode. Now, Marzi, it's a you pick. What are we watching? Okay. So we are watching a movie. I, okay. Full disclosure. I did watch this just recently, but it got me all fired up and I want oh. you to watch it and I want to talk about oh. it. Because there's so many things that sometimes I watch, because, I, you know, I watch horror movies for fun, not just for this show. And every once in a while I watch one where it's what's there's some element mm -hmm. about it where I go straight into we're watching this for a podcast mode where I start thinking, OK, this is what I want to talk to Rachel about. This is what I'm going to bring up to Rachel. And sometimes I realize like, oh, wait, no, I'm watching this one for fun. No, stop. But then I end up making you watch yeah. it anyway. <laughs> I appreciate the pre-screen. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's fun to go in blind. The next two movies I've got on my list of things we're going to watch are things that I've seen that I specifically just need to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, in the past, we've done a few, you know, like when we did that really bad alien one, it was the kids at the summer camp. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, I know this is horror adjacent, but I just need someone Sometimes else to watch just, this. It's and too much tell to hold by on. yourself. You need a helping hand to hold on to. Yes. It. That movie, I still can't believe that movie exists. I've, that movie makes right? no goddamn sense. I'm still so baffled. And like the weird snapshot ending where it just showed them photoshopped into parades. So and weird. So weird. So anyway. anyway. So I watched a movie, and it. What I remember when this movie was being filmed, uh -huh. or when it was announced that this movie was happening, uh -huh. and there was a lot of controversy surrounding uh -huh. it because it is somewhat political. Well, 
I don't know if political is the right word, but it definitely was of an opinion of the upper class. Oh, okay, I like that. Also of lower class. It, it was a definitely a movie that's really dissecting classism. Kind okay. Of. So I remember even that there was some talk that they weren't going to make it or they what? were holding back on releasing it and things like that. But I just came across it. So I would like for us to watch a movie called The Hunt. Oh, it shit. Is. I totally forgot about this movie. Yeah, remember? Because it was pushed back so many times because so many right. people had problems with the plot. And then it kind of, I think they released it kind of under the radar because they were like, we want to release this. But a lot of people had problems with the premise, you know, before even anybody saw it. It is currently streaming on HBO. Okay. So that's where you got to go to find it. But it is described as a subversive satire about a group of elites who gather to hunt humans for sport. Ooh, I, I love a most dangerous game style. Yeah. Anytime you have yeah. the hunting of a human, I don't know why, that is always a genre that I enjoy. <laughs> right? I, I mean, because usually they're so camp, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're fun, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into it. The hunt. Okay, Betty Gilpin, yes, let's okay, do great. this. Let's do this. All right, folks. Yes. So, Marzi, on that note, unless you're sticking around for the extended episode, take us out. Thanks for coming back. I hope you watched Vicious Fun, and if you didn't, I hope you go do that next. Next time we are doing The Hunt, streaming on HBO. As always, thanks for listening, folks. Good night. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Metzman-Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. Oh, my goodness. We are going to have some fun tonight. Yes. We've got some scary, creepy, real stories about when people met and somehow escaped the clutches of real-life serial killers. Oh, my gosh. Oh, is that not true? I thought you were in marketing, Randy. <laughs> uh, we just got a note from our producer. <laughs> Correction in the previous statement. <laughs> Apparently, no None. clutches. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, Randy. I was just adding flavor text. Run-ins. Run-ins. Okay, run-ins. Let's see. I'm just adding flavor text, bro. I'm spicing it up. I'm trying to get people to jump on the Patreon. Yes, it's being recorded. Okay. All right. Cool. So, what do you think, Mars? How do you feel about this topic? Are you afraid that you will run? A foul of a serial killer? Well, I think about this all the time, mm-hmm. though. Like, when I'm in public places and stuff, where, like, you know, I don't know what the statistics are at right. all of, you know, whatever, how many people out of... But I do the thing where I'm like, it's got to be at least, like, one out of a hundred people in this room has either murdered someone, thought about murdering someone, wanted to right. murder someone, tried to murder someone. You know what I mean? The like, bigger crowd just, you're like, in, the more likely that there's someone who's a, a yeah. serial killer in the room. Right? So I'm just in Target, but also thinking about, like, who here has tried to murder a person? There's probably been some, mm. right? Right? Yeah. I mean, you get a big enough crowd, like a really, truly big enough crowd, the odds that someone there is actually hunting goes up. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's really scary. Yeah, when I was a kid, I saw, way too early, I saw Silence of the Lambs and, like, got completely ex- obsessed with 
serial killers. <laughs> and now she's like a stereotype. Like ladies just love themselves true crime. Did you ever see that SNL skit where it's like time for my murder shows? No. Oh, it's like a whole song about like when when my husband's gone and you know like I I have the house to myself. I'm gonna pour myself a glass glass of wine and watch a murder show. <laughs> and I'm like very attacked. <laughs> I'll send you a link. It's a really good skit. Yes, I want to watch. All this. right, cool. So let's start with doing card time. Card is italicized, so I think it's a pun because producer Randy wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh wait, sorry. The title of this is "Meet Your Serial Stories of People Who Encountered Serial Killers and Lived to Tell the Tale." Oh my gosh! Yes. All right, the San Quentin Bridge Club in 1990. The L.A. Times pu- uh, published a piece on the Daily Death Row Bridge Club organized by serial murderers Randy Kraft, the scorecard killer, William Bonin, the freeway killer, Doug Clark, the sunset strip killer, and Lawrence Plier- Pliers, oh, no. L- Pliers Britiker. Before his arrest, Kraft was an experienced bridge player whose defense actually attempted to use one of his bridge games as an alibi at trial only for the prosecution to prove that it had ended early enough for him to have committed one of the murders he was accused of. Oh my gosh. 